For the third time. I know for the yeah, so this is Big Bottom Podcast Video Cast episode three. three. And today for me in my computer, Howard's here. Howard Olier. Howard is right here below me. Actually, yeah. I guess he's I below everybody. Steve over here. That's me, yeah. yeah. Don's over Don. here. Diagonal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, how are you like, guys, man? Big bottom, man. How how's everybody money. doing? This is crazy. Crazy good, time, man. Everybody's hanging. Playing on here. coffee. I actually no had a, a super busy day already today. So yeah, uh, Howard, did you see John did a live concert earlier? It was really no. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, um, uh, there's a guy named Josh out in Toledo that for uh, the fourth year he did a thing oh called God. the Glass City Get Down and Lowdown, which was just like a music festival, and they um, they always took a lot of. Um, all the donations and everything and tickets and stuff would go towards a local animal shelter. Nice. And, you know, I've played it all three years, you know, and it's one of those, it's like, you don't get paid, but it's, but I get food from the gig. And I was like, you're helping out a good cause. You're getting some free food. I, you know, it's a win-win. Nice. So this year, obviously they couldn't do it. Um, so about a week or two back, Josh said, Hey, does anyone have any aversion to doing an online version of this instead and most of us said yes the people that said no were actually people that were act that are um like educators and they said you know i'd love to but my my skype lessons have exploded over the weekend so i just don't have time so so we just did something like that yeah sounded great man thank you yeah it was thank really good actually yeah uh that that new that rig I may use a lot more. It's the uh, Schroeder two by six that he built me Dude. with uh, the Aguilar Tone Hammer 500. And I know- Howard, Howard what are you using right now? I know you are, Schroeder are you a Schroeder guy, guy Howard? Yeah. Yeah, I've been using Schroeder cabinets for a while. My favorite Schroeder cabinet is the one with a, a single 12 and a single eight and a mm -hmm. horn. And then I go between a, a GK head, one of the legacy 800 heads. Yeah. Oh. A mark base head that I also like, but I'm, I don't know. I go between the two. Right now, mark I'm two. more of a GK. Little Mark <clears> two. <throat> which one do you have right now, Howard? The Marcus Miller model. Oh, the Marcus. Oh, okay. And I, I like it. It's it's funny though. The GK head to me is more hi-fi sounding than the uh, than the than the uh, mark base mm. than the Marcus Miller mark base. I Marcus love the legacy. Um, three of us, I think, have it. But, you know, even me, who I, I have a bright sound, I tend to dial back my highs to about 11 o'clock. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I also find that I have to turn the game knob up higher on the Legacy app. So I just talked about this. I don't know if my video is going to be released because I didn't kind of like it. But here's the deal about the game knob, in case there's any GK people out there. I had this talk with Forrest about it. Treat it like you would, um, like you're recording. You want to play your most aggressive notes to where it starts to peak at the red and mm -hmm. then dial it back a little bit. Same thing like you would a fader, like, ooh, just drop it back a hair. That's how you want to treat that gain knob. That was um, Robert's concept on that. The trim knob, right? Yeah. Right, Tony? So for me, yeah, for the trim knob. So I I know all my almost all my bases have the same output because I have meticulous. I go through a board. Everything's up 
got a compression running. And for me, it's about one o'clock. But if I was to play like a passive jazz bass or something, it would probably be close to like three o'clock. So. Oh, wow. So you'd be all the way up there. Nice. That's, yeah. that's basically okay. almost where I set mine. And I play active, active bass. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm playing active too, but I'm also playing in series. Okay. Okay. So it's a little bit more output most of the time. Yeah. So we're in different parts of the country, which is kind of cool. I'm in Southern California. Tony's in um, New Boston. Jersey. Boston. Boston. Sorry, Boston. Michigan for John. Jersey. Yep. And um, I know. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, Tony. <laughs> and Howard's in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, how, how are things there? How's the... How was that transition for you? That's a big change. I mean, I know you've been there for a while, but, you know. Yeah, he was still in California. I'm on my second year here, and I moved out here from California. Yep. And so far, we love it out here. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, getting used to the weather. I will say the California weather is the best in the world. <laughs> and getting used to it here, it's been an adjustment. But just about everything else here is, is just great. The music scene is unbelievable. You throw a rock, and you hit a killer guitar player. It's unbelievable. And, yep. and, there's, and people here are very nice, very friendly compared to Southern California. Hmm. It's, it's been a great change. Also, I now live nice. on 50 acres of land instead of living, on a, living in a tiny house where right. the lot is somehow smaller than the house. You know, <laughs> so it's great. It's, it's, it, it suits my, my lifestyle. I love it here. We love it. And winding pickups for everybody. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's the other thing is I have a tiny little shop on my property and I'm, I'm still with all the things that are going on in this lockdown. I'm still getting orders. And as long as the mail is delivering, I'm still able to, yeah. able to you know, generate a little bit of income and be able to work and not be sitting here by myself going crazy with nothing to do. A lot of musicians here, you know, are really suffering right. uh, because there's just all the gigs have dried up and there's so many guys here that just make their living playing on Broadway. Man, yeah. I mean, Broadway's completely shut down, correct? I mean, there's nothing going on. Yes. Man. Nothing. It's unbelievable. And how about... And then, you know, there's a lot of wet, wedding gigs and everything like that. It, that's all shut down. I'm, I technically don't have anything until the end of May. Wow. But that's still up um, to be determined. Yeah. Yeah, that's all up in the air right now for, for any of us, for performing... Yep. Really? So same with you guys? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stopped. Boom. No private, not any private functions or? No. Oof. It's too bad. No. And all the big bands, especially out here on the West Coast, that were doing big events, corporate events to those gigs on the park that they're booked out. I mean, they, I actually just talked to a buddy of mine earlier today that, the what was it the governor said hey we're you know we're not doing anything for no concert or whatever for what the rest of the year or through summer and he instantly had emails that had people canceling the events yeah so like, hey we'll try next year and so the rug is coming out from under you know a lot of us so maybe i'll apply for stimulus checks or any sort of grants or I did, and I haven't gotten anything yet. <laughs> I need to go back and. Like, um, yeah. I'm waiting. Yeah. yeah. Same here. I don't know. Steve, I got my stimulus check on Wednesday. 
You got one? I did. Nice. I did direct deposit on there. I don't know if it's because, I mean, I, I usually get my taxes done like early mid-February. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've got a standing appointment with my accountant so I can just bring everything there. And we've done it and it's now very, very easy, hmm. easy thing. So I don't know if it's that, that maybe the people that have done, filed their taxes already get it first and then it rolls out. I'm not, I have no idea the rhyme or reason of that. Yeah. So. Steve, can you elaborate? What did you hear about what's being canceled for the rest of the year you heard? Um, the California or the mayor or whatever, the governor, I, I forget. I'm, I'm second-handing this, so I apologize, but he extended something for public events. I'm not sure if it's through oh. the summer or whatever it was, but it affected my buddy who plays all these corporate gigs and big events, and they just canceled. You know, they just had a bunch of, like, four cancellations, right? Boom, 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 after that announcement. So, yeah, that's tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, anyways, but... um. But yeah, so for people that don't know, Howard Olgate, for me right here, there, uh, <laughs> wines pickups for so many people, a lot many of people. people, many people, many peoples, and people. a lot of people out there. Yeah. As well as um, Howard, you also uh, would sell direct to customer too. Oh yes, yes. yes. Okay. Actually, most of my business is direct to customers. Okay. And, it's, and most of my business is facilitated through Facebook. And word of mouth, yeah. Most people that contact me through Facebook Messenger. Well, you got a and, good and Instagram. You have a good uh, word of mouth following, so which is fantastic. I mean, your pickups are—I have them in several bases, so they're they're happening. I know. I, I think all of us have either heard or played or had bases. Yeah, I think <laughs> that, I've only have I only played one at your house, Steve. Probably. I think. Yeah, probably. But yeah, the the name definitely pre precedes yourself. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. It's, well, it's been, I've been at it for some years now and it's, you know, it's been a slow build, but I'd rather, I, I wanted, I wanted the slow build as opposed to the quick, the quick, you know, oh, absolutely. And then not be able to handle anything. Yeah. Being a one man operation, I'm, I'm still real protective of my ability to produce. And this needs to be fun. It still needs to be fun. You know, when it becomes sure. not fun anymore, I won't want to do this. Yeah. So I, I protect it, I guess, mm -hmm. by, by keeping it slow and keeping it small, you know, and I don't need to make a million dollars. I, I just need enough to, you know, feed my wife and my dogs, yeah. keep the bills paid. And yourself, feed yourself something. Well, I'm, I'm a little bit overweight, so, you know, I could stand to probably, probably drop a few LBs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I remember when you started, it was out here in Southern California. I mean, how long has this been now? Is it, when did you start? It's, it's, I'm going on 10 years. Wow. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Awesome. I mean, 10 years from like the day that I started, like when I first got my first tiny little winder from eBay and mm -hmm. started modifying that and making little strat pickups and just, you know, starting from trying to make things work to getting to, you know, starting with things getting to work, making something that would pick up a string. <laughs> you, oh. know, you know, yeah. I, technically I've been in business for maybe seven years that's cool. you know but i've okay. been at the pickup thing for about 10 years and i've been doing guitar repairs and and things like that since 1989 repaired i can't i can't tell you guys how many bases howard has 
fixed and wrenched on for me. I mean, I, I first saw Howard online with you, Steve. Uh, taking apart that, that taking apart that seventies uh, jazz bass. Remember that? At, and that was at Howard's place. Yeah, and it was. Uh, yeah. We were taking it, and it was Nick, Lara, um, Doug, Kevin, you, me. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Was that black, black, was jazz. black jazz bass? Yeah, black, black jazz, bass. jazz bass. Yeah, that was a good day. That was a good day. That was fun. That so was, yeah, that's that's. That's where Tony first saw us. <laughs> you two, both of you two. And then I connected with Steve somehow through like mutual friends. And then at Nam, like, hey, like, you know, it's like we already know each other type of deal, you know? Yeah. And then same with John. Like, I only knew online that was like literally like long lost brothers. Like, oh man. Yep. We're like, all the four of us are literally the same person. <laughs> <laughs> We all have the same, same deal. That's why we probably get along so well, you know, but um, so, and then pickup wise. So uh, I know mentor wise and you, you had, I mean, Kerry Nordstrand, we can't not, not mention him as being one of your mentors in the pickup game because he's, so, for one, he's so good. He's been doing it for such a long time, but he's such a nice guy and so giving. So yeah. He's been a help to me, and he really has mentored me and, and helped me in so many ways. Mm-hmm. To the point to where I had have to be careful, like I, I would purposefully not ask questions because I'd want to make discoveries on my own. Oh, okay. But you know, he he sold me my my winding machine, you know, back in the back back in the day. I don't know oh. if you can see it, but that's my winding mm-hmm. machine. I bought that from him. I remember I that. Day. He sold it to me. Gave me a great deal on it, and. This is where I make every everything. It's on this crazy old machine. So wow. It was, and then he, I've actually bought a few other machines from him as well that, that I don't really use as much. They don't have the space for him. But then, you know, just having somebody that you could go to with questions, if you have problems, you know, and winding pickups is like there's not a lot of information on the internet about it. So to have somebody that you could go to to sort of get some information about about things it's, it's been great and he's he is he's a really super forthcoming guy yeah. he's all about the information and then what you do with that information is where what sets you apart it's not actually having it it's what you do with it and uh i take that to heart and he's really helped me and i try to help people now because he's been so great i want to be great to other people and i i, I can't say enough cool. so carrying nordstrand he oh, owns a restaurant yeah. now by the way too and if oh. you're ever in his area you should go to his restaurant Ramen song. It's called. I'd love to plug it for him, but it's called Ramen Song. Have you been, Steve? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Al Kim. Awesome. Al Kim. Chef Al Kim. Shout out to Al Kim and Carrie Nordstrand. Yeah. It's really good. Oh. Yeah. So. Well, Tony, I guess next time we're in uh, oh, California yeah. after Amori Tacos. <laughs> we love Amori Tacos now. Okay, we, have to, we have to talk about that for a second. Wait a minute, Italian is this Italian taco? No, no, uh, Howard. Okay, go ahead, Tony. Because Howard is my SoCal boy, he knows. Okay, so Howard's probably gonna make fun of us too. John and I were like, just like we picked up, we, we would always fly into Nam together. I always have a car, we get in the car, and we just start heading south. I have this thing where I don't eat before flights or anything like that. I go on with an empty stomach. I pass out and we're both, we're both kind of hungry. We're like randomly driving. I'm like, what are, you, 
what do you say we find a taco place right now? So John goes, and I'm driving. He's like, Amori Tacos in Cerritos. So we went there, and it was awesome. I mean, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And now we, we liked it so much, and we went again on the you know, trip home. At least we I did. people there now. and We meet people there now. Then I'm like, Steve, let's go to Amori Tacos. My snobby Orange County boy, he's like, right. why are we going to Cerritos? What, what's, <laughs> why are we going there? I, okay, okay. I live in Southern California. Why in the fuck would I go to Cerritos to get tacos when there's tacos everywhere? That's, but again, it's you got oh, yeah. tradition and, it, and it's fantastic, but there's so many. I mean, it's, there's so okay, many. So I might be from Boston. And <laughs> before you laugh, thank you, Howard, for not laughing. But right? I'm sorry. I, I apologize for being, I was an asshole. I was very snobbish. I really was. I, I wholeheartedly admit it. I apologize. I, I get it. I get it, Steve. I've been it. I'm okay. I've eaten all over, and I've spent a lot of time in California. Worked in the surf industry out there. It's not like I'm just out there for music. And I've been up and down the coast. <laughs> Stop it, Steve. And that place is fit. It's, it's my. It's really good. Favorite. Yeah, it is my personal favorite on the West Coast. Even if it's in a town you don't want to go to, Steve. Nothing wrong with Cerritos. No, no, no. no. But I, I get it. I live in Nashville now, and, and Mexican food in Nashville is not like California. Really? To be diplomatic, you know? <laughs> I think I'm a little lucky. I mean, Kalamazoo, you wouldn't think of anything, but we do actually have a pretty decent Hispanic population. Okay. So we do have, you know, it's not a lot, but we've got like one or two, like, legit authentic Mexican stuff. Not the Tex-Mex things, mm-hmm. you know. And not, um, you know, the the commercial Mexican stuff. It's like we got a place called El Gallo Blanco where, you know, you walk in and it's like uh, the regular tacos are, you know, corn tortilla and it's just cilantro and stuff. And it's it's amazing. Well, Mori Taco, it's it's a good place. It really is. I got to go. I must go next time I'm in town. Next time you come out, we're all going to Mori Tacos. So, John, you've been you've been to this place. Oh, yes. Yeah. Several times. Yep. Is it up to your place back home? Um, I would say it's pretty on par, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's it's decent and it's off, you know, it's more authentic. It's not, you know, the the thing that everybody expects. Like when you get a taco, you get like all the stuff on it. It's like, no, it's not that. It's and they have flan. Oh. So I'm just busting balls, man. I'm sorry. Just busting (laughs) chops. I mean, I get it. SoCal, the Mexican food there is unbelievable. Yeah, and unbelievable. Can, and and honestly, it's almost like a ter- territorialism. Territorialism? Huh? When you find a spot, a joint that you like, you're like for me, it's Baja Fish Taco. That's not Baja Fresh, Baja Fish. That to me is the best. That's what it. town, Steve? What town? Um, they started off of South Coast by South Coast Plaza, so it's like South Santa Ana, and then they have mm-hmm. five locations. And I know the owner, same owner, and it's just as a Wahoo's, a former Wahoo's employee. No, no, I don't no. think so. No, no, no. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's just fantastic, and it's just that to me is my, you know, that's my place, which I need to take you guys to next time. 
Mm-hmm. It's not in Cerritos. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in Southern California. So, you know. So anyway, so all right. Um, pickups. Let's ask some pickup questions, guys. Let's talk. I want to know, Howard, what go. do you feel that what pickup that is your brand that feels like defines you and your brand the most? Like what sets your pickup apart from, say, anybody else's from like Seymour or Carrie's or anybody's? That's a tough question. That's a tough question because this is going to sound terrible. It's going to sound terrible. What sets my pickups apart from everybody else's is that I make my pickups primarily for me. And it's me making them. You know, pickups are real simple. It's just wire and magnets, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And what sets my pickups apart is, is actually not really the making of them. It's the testing that has gone into what I've done. Cool. Every pickup I make, bass pickup at least, you know, I, take, I put in my bass, I take to the gig, and if it works great on my gig for me, I know it's a great pickup. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and I've... I spent all my all my life before making pickups chasing chasing a sound and I wasn't able to really get close to that until I was able to start making my own pickups. I know that answer sounds kind of vague. No, no. But you know, it's, I, no. I, I can't really say, well, I use the special wire that nobody else has and the magnets that I have or you know, there's nothing really special about the ingredients. It's just the way that I mix everything together. Right. I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, there's a lot of subtleties. I've, I've discovered there's a lot of subtleties in pickup making, and I think I've found a few of them, what, what some of those subtleties are, those little things that you can do to make the pickup do what you want it to do. And, you know, it's... It, that, and that's, so that's what I've come upon, and I've been able to really test and test and test and refine what, what I've done and what I'm doing now to basically make me happy. <laughs> So you yeah. offer to the public what works for you. Yes. Yeah. And you've got an extensive gigging history, you know. So, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I've known Howard just in this group the longest. Just, you know, we lived, he lived down here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. We gigged parallel bands. We know all of everybody. I mean, I've known Howard since probably the early 90s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And Howard is one uh-huh. of the baddest bass players. I mean, He's, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I'll say it. He's just one of the, he's a badass. He's ridiculously good and gigs. And I think that right there is really, uh, I mean, if you talk manufacturers, pick up whatever, it, it, you're, you're one of the few that's actually out there gigging and playing what you're making and actually testing it. And you're really effing good. You know the sound. You know how to play. You know how to make you know how to make an instrument sound good or bad. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're that good. I'm just, you know, I'm not blowing smoke, but that's one of the reasons that Howard was the only person that I would take any basses to get worked on because I never believed in taking any instruments to somebody that doesn't play and doesn't right. know the instrument. There's, that's a well, way it's the to- same thing. It's another SoCal reference. It's like the best shapers in the surfboard industry oh. are the guys who can surf their ass off. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. And how, yeah, how no substitute for that experience. Yeah. So I think, isn't. I think that sets you apart. I mean, you know, another person that comes quickly to mind is Pat Wilkins. I mean, he's not gigging as much, but that dude gigs, man, he's out mm-hmm. there playing his stuff. And it's like, I mean, his stuff is fantastic and it's road tested. So not, not to hijack, but 
I just didn't, you know, no. for, for people out there, mm-hmm. you know, just just know that Howard is one of the baddest bass players. He's a badass. He's ridiculous. And, you you know, if I can add to Steve. Yes, yeah, yeah. It takes a lot of balls to build something and then test it yourself oh, on the gig. <laughs> you know? Obviously, you're not, you know, if it's not working in your shop, you're not going to be like, oh, well, maybe it'll work tonight at the show. <laughs> you know, you're making, you know, you get it to that point where it's like, okay, this you know, I think this is move on to the next stage, but I mean, it's, it takes a lot of balls to, to take what you were working on um, and go to and gig out in a, in a real world environment. Yeah. There's no substitute for that. There just isn't. Mm-hmm. I think it's that, 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 that um, cumulative 10,000 hours. I mean, you've, you've got the 10,000 hours and then some from just gigging to repairing, to knowing electronics to, I mean, dude, you built, you're an electronics whiz too. Like I know, you know, you, yeah. So you, you, you know, you've got this, this large, large, just basis, like um, foundation, I should say. You have a huge foundation where I think this is just, you know, where it's supposed to go. This is what you're supposed to be doing, you know? And, and this is a culmination of all those, you know, years, I guess. So, yeah, they're killer. I mean, I, I love the pickups, so. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I just hope that it's just that my hope that what I like and what works for me will work for somebody else. Oh yeah. Right. I'm a little, I mean, I, I know I sound a little selfish, but really that's, that's the honest truth. You know, some of my favorite effect pedals came out the exact same way. Like um, the creation audio funculator, all it is, is it's a mid scoop. That's all it is. But the guy who helped build it was just one of those. This is the, this is the frequency I liked. Mm-hmm. and you know uh-huh. so you know and it works amazingly well and so many people will you know complain that oh well, all it is is just a one mid you could use an eq for that and stuff but it's like but at the same point it was road tested that's all you need yes you know why why put everything else in there if it just sounds good does its job you don't need anything else yeah there's a lot to be said for that it's something mm-hmm. that's very simple and and I always tell people too, if, if what I make doesn't work for you, that's fine. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't have to, if it's not, if what I do is not for you, mm-hmm. there are other pickup makers for you. And, and right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bash anybody else because every, what everybody does is valid. It's just different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Pat's using your stuff all the time, right? Like Pat's, I think that's his main pickup, isn't it? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Heck yeah, I mean, man. and Pat's pedigree dates back to what? Is it the seventies with Schechter? Oh, dude, yeah, early... yeah. He I was. That's something to, be, something to be said about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He must have heard it all. Yeah. So. And um, so, who are you? Um, we know you do uh, Wilkins. What other uh, what other companies are you building for now? Pat Wilkins. I've been doing stuff for uh, Brian Barrett of the Low End. Yeah. Low yeah. End base. And Brian, just by, by the way, is four doors down for me. So, I oh, that's rad. Get to play a lot of weird bases over Which there. Which I'm, I'm very jealous of because you get to cherry pick the best stuff that comes in, and I'm on that used base site like three times a day. <laughs> just saying, I'm very jealous. Okay, continue. Sorry, low end. Um, Chris Benavente, who's oh, he's yeah. in Oregon. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of uh, Rickenbacker style pickups for Dale Fortune, who's a builder out of. 
Aloha, Oregon. And he's one of those guys that if you have a 60s Rickenbacker to be restored or rebuilt, he's like one of the few guys in the country that can really do an authentic, oh, nice. true, true form Rickenbacker restoration. Um, gosh, I'm trying to, I, I just did a couple sets of pickups for Haro, Hero, um, Exotic. The guy who owns Exotic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, uh, there's a company out here called Bluesman Vintage. I've been making some pickups for them recently. Real familiar with them. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of who, who else. This, I get put on the spot and I... Uh... <laughs> well, I know right. is, um, you, you kind of did some stuff, maybe Victor Wooten? I've made a set of pickups for Victor Wooten. Yeah. And um, I met with him and he's like, oh yeah, I love the pickups. Cool. And uh, I, I've talked to him a few times about him and he seemed to really like him. It's not in his main base. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those, he said it's one of those flavors that he likes to have in the stable. It's there when he's, when he needs it. Kind of, Fair. kind of more vintage-y, modern-y vintage sound. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, Steve, help me. I'm, I'm, I'm drowning here. No, no, I mean, dude. <laughs> oh, you're not drowning at all. That's, not that's at all. pretty good pedigree. You've got people using your stuff. Right. And it's not like you've got, you don't have mass production stuff there, which I mean, it would be nice, but I mean, the people you have are very, yeah, you know, yeah, Pat Wilkins, Brian Barrett, th those are, you know, very reputable people, like their names carry a lot of weight. Yeah. So to, to, to have those guys using your stuff, that's a big deal. You know, I think uh, Brian's probably got one of the best 34 inch scale five string J, J bases out there. And it's funny, Howard, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy that has, I prefer 35. I'm a 35. I'm a I know, but Steve's scale. low end is amazing. Uh, probably the best 34-inch scale jazz I've ever played in my life. And it has Brian, your Brian makes a killer, killer bass. Killer. He does something kind of different. Uh, the pickups are a little scooched back. Just yeah, this is, this is one of my uber home run bases. And those guys, these guys know. And that's uh, the low end. And it has probably, Howard, my favorite pickups of yours are the Tic Tac pickups. If you can see. Uh, are those single coils? Yeah, they're single coil. Tic -tac. Awesome. Yeah. And the boys. That larger, larger magnet. Yeah. So that's the low end. That bass slays. It's, it is. Yeah, it's a standout for sure. It's crazy. And the pickups, again, make it. I mean, just, it makes it. And then, so the, the Tic Tac thing. What what sets those apart and what what makes those different and why? Well, it's a larger magnet. Okay. And uh, and, and my, my idea for it was like here's a P base pickup and you can see how the poles the magnets are. They're mm -hmm. you know two two magnets per string. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was just laying awake one night and I thought of well what if this this part here was all filled in with magnet? <laughs> so I called my supplier. And and basically they made these yeah these magnets for me. It's, they're kind of expensive, but wow! Can you, see, can you guys see yeah. that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, you can see it great. Awesome. Very well. Let me see. Tony, you're a little out of focus. I don't know why. Let's see. His computer's been drinking. It, oh, they're uh -huh. doing plumbing like I have yesterday. Mm. Oh, there's the so magnet. That's what the magnet oh. looks like. So it's just okay. like a big, basically big. It's like a big chunk of it's like a i don't know it's a chunk of magnet alnico 5 right it's a alnico 5 
and it's the same height as like a regular jazz bass, you know, 0.783 inches. Mm -hmm. And basically it just kind of gives you a larger magnetic field. And because there's magnet, um, there's magnet under the string and on the sides, it kind of gives me, in my impression is that it kind of, yeah. kind of gives you this, it's like a jazz bass pickup and it's like a telly bass pickup because okay. magnet, under the string, you get this extra punch to your sound. Hmm. But then because there's magnetics pull on the sides, it still has that jazz bass sweetness kind of sound as well. Even if the so, string is going side to side, it's covered by the magnet. Right. Correct. Yeah, right. there's there's not any, I guess, blind spot for the string with that pickup. Yes. And it's a flavor thing. Sometimes I like a jazz bass pickup with two, you know, two poles. Sometimes I like this. It just depends. You yeah. know, the, <laughs> the traditional two pole sound is pretty awesome you know mm -hmm. growing up playing an old jazz bass I, I i do sometimes go back to that sound but having this more you know I, I i say it's like a good mix of vintage and modern and the modern part of it is that it's got a lot more punch okay than a, a, a two pole per string kind of magnets so it's kind of a unique thing and also i, I like the way it looks yeah it's <laughs> you know, cool yeah um with everything in, in, in design, there's always the uh, visual aspect to these, to these things. You want things to, to look right, and they want, you want them to look di different, but not too different and interesting. You know, I think when you come up with something like that, it looks, it's oh, yeah. eye-grabbing enough to where you're going to be like, ooh, what is that? I want to know what that is. Mm -hmm. But it's not so weird. You're like, oh, I, I don't think that's going to work. That's just too, that's too strange. I, I, ooh, I don't want it's got to ride that line. And I think this does that. Well, I think that's too, because of how the magnets sit, the strings kind of mask some of that a little bit too. So somebody wouldn't immediately look and say, oh man, what are they using? Yeah. yeah. Just a quick look. They're, they just think it's a regular pickup until they look a little bit more. And they're like, oh wait, no, no, that's, that's not a regular yeah. pickup. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. A question about that then, uh, Howard. Because of that design, does that allow uh, someone to play with string spacing a little bit? Like, can they go a little narrower or yeah, wider? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You, you have more, a little bit, well, quite a bit more leeway in terms of spacing the strings out. That said, when somebody comes to me for a set of pickups, I ask them what their string spacing is, and I can tailor their pickups to their string spacing so that the string rests atop right you know oh, cool. as close to the center of the magnet as possible it doesn't really matter the, the string can be pretty far pretty far to one side before you can really hear a difference but you know aesthetically we like to see the string go right through the middle right so on a four string you could probably go 17 and a half to like 19 and a half i i've gone up to as far as 20. yeah wow yeah yeah, some crazy builders out there with 20 mil spacing. Woo! Steve, sorry, I don't know why I'm a little out of focus, but I'll fix That's it up right. afterwards, you know? Yeah, it'll come back. Um, it's like you're in a Woody Allen movie, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You're 1974. Little, yeah. Matte finish. You're a little matte finish there. Uh, and then as far as, so Alnico 5 is what you go for. That's kind of your, your mainstay with the magnets, right? Yeah. Far wire. I mean, you're, you know, keeping it traditional or what are you using just to get super geeky yeah. kind of? I'm just using the, uh, the AWG 42 wire. 
with, with this with the uh it's not form var it's just the oh gosh what is it called i can't remember what it's called but it's a it's like a um i can't remember what it's called okay. but it's just right. standard standard yeah 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 cool it's this can you see that it's that stuff yes it's that 43 43 w 80 c exactly yes <laughs> oh it's pretty it's now, shiny the, just so you know my the copper and my wire yeah it's as old as the earth hmm. Hmm. that's what sets my that's what sets me apart <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it right copper there. is as old as the earth does Gandalf come and drop that shit off later on, or what, what the hell? What? Yeah, he comes in riding a stork. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's awesome, man. It's real geeky stuff. Yeah. That's actually 43 wire, okay. which I do use for some stuff. That's a little bit of a thinner, thinner gauge. Most of my pickups are 42, and which is what you know most Fender pickups were made with. And I think Nordstrand uses that a lot, and Seymour Duncan. You'll, you'll find that mainly. Now, do you also do then, I guess, some uh, vintage correct kind of things as well, like just some more standardized stuff? Or do you kind of shy away from something like that, given that, you know, everybody else has like a 60s P-Base pickup? Or I, I do. I actually do do some vintage, what I would consider vintage correct. Mm -hmm. I just recently, you know, last, last about two months ago, I went on this kick with, with Brian down the street because he had a 65 P base and a 58 P base. Ooh. So I was able to like, you know, I had these bases at my disposal. I could just drive down four doors and, and hear these bases. I could bring pickups that I was making and compare them to see if what I was doing was, you know, sound wise close to what he was close to what he had. Mm -hmm. And I was able to take those bases apart, take measurements, readings from the magnets and from the wire and the, uh, the impedance of the uh, the coils, and I, I came up with a couple of pickups that are actually pretty pretty darn close to what I would call '60s and '50s. Um, I I'll never say they're exact. You sure. Know, if you want the, if you want the real thing, you need to go buy the real thing. But if you want something that's going to be vintage sounding and probably make you real happy, I've got something for you. <laughs> you how know, different? And, how different were the '50s to the '60s? Well. Brian's 58 P base had more mid range. Oh, wow. And the 65 actually had more, more lows, lows. It was thumpier. It was more like a Jamerson sound. Hmm. And the 58 was more of like a mid rangey punk rock kind of sound. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's kind of interesting. Oh. Also, the, the 50s one had those staggered poles where. Uh, oh. Yeah. yeah, the two of the two of the poles on one of the strings. I think it was the D string was like super close to the string. The rest, right. the rest of the poles were far away, oh, which drove me crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and actually, John, maybe you could explain this because you're a string guy. It was explained to me that back in the '50s, string manufacturing was not what it was today, and certain gauges of strings didn't pick up as well. Right. And that's why Fender was doing these staggered poles. Yeah, and I think that's what they did too with making the the D and the A strings bigger, you know, with more mass, mm -hmm. so that those poles would actually pick them up better too. Which okay. is how we got, which is as I understand it, how we got like the 45, 65, 85, 105 kind of thing. 
Okay. For that. Whereas like if you actually have something that's more balanced and plays better, it's more 45, 60, 80, 105. Is that okay. because of the radius? The radius was a lot curved, like seven and a half, right? Is that I, why? Because the neck I radius? I think that had something to do with it too. Probably because the strings over it and the, if the pickup just sat like this on a radius, you know, the D and the A string are going to have less. So they made more mass and then they tried to hmm. go like this and then they raised those pull pieces a bit too. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What about the 70s pickups, Howard, with the different wire? Uh, do you do that at all by chance? Um, that's, those pickups were wound with plain enamel wire, which is the black wire. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I can, I can wind you something with that. I, I can. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But really, I don't see much difference between the 60s pickups and the 70s hmm. in terms of construction. There's not like a, it's not like a hugely different pickup. Even, even, the, even like jazz bass pickups, I get guys saying like, can you make me a 70s jazz bass set? And I think a lot of guys are confused because in the 70s, they moved the position of one of the pickups. Right. They moved the pickup, the pickup back. And I think a lot of guys don't realize that. Maybe they equate it to, oh, well, the, the pickups must be different. They must have changed the pickups somehow. I think the spacing makes way bigger difference. Like Huge we're, difference. We're, yeah. 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 Because really, when you, when you dig in and look at the pickups themselves, there's not much difference between 60s and 70s mm -hmm. pickups. There really isn't. Like I said, it's just magnets and wire. Not much else going on in there. Interesting. And so uh, model-wise, is there anything that you're concentrating on, the tic-tac, or just kind of depends on orders, or what do you, what's your main thing you're building right now? Well, it just depends on what I'm getting orders for. And it's funny, I, it, when it rains, it pours. Like, mm -hmm. last week was all jazz-based pickups, hum-canceling jazz-based pickups. And then wow. this, this coming next week, it's going to be all Music Man-style pickups. Wow. Wow. Oh, you know, Stingray. Uh, I don't think I have anything here, but yeah, like I got, I got these, uh, I make these Stingray pickups where one coil is a jazz bass. The other coil is like a music man coil, you know, the mm. big giant poles. And then, Oh yeah, I have seen that. Poles. They're cool. I've been getting a, a lot of, I get a lot of interest in that and, and I encourage guys to wire them up with two volume controls so you can separate the coils and kind of get different sounds and things. Oh, like that's that. cool. Crazy. Kind of a fun thing. I wish I had one here to show you guys. You still have that old Stingray, Howard? No, I sold that. <laughs> I sold it. You know, Steve, I actually had, I think, it was either a 76 or a 77 Stingray. Oh, nice. Well, 76? I think. Did it have plastic knobs? I, I think so. I would have 76. Yeah. I didn't have, um, somebody took the... Um, pick guard off, but there was just a gouge along the E string, right where you see the guy's hat. Um, you know, his thumb was. I mean, I thought it was cool. It was a, you know, it was a um, natural finish. Nice. Played like hell, but it, you know, it still was great. But I, I had it at a time. I guess two things. One, I didn't fully realize what I had. Yeah. And second, I don't think I really knew enough to be able to coax the sound that I needed out of it. Yeah. Gotcha. They're a weird beast. I went through a love-hate relationship with Stingrays. I think I had right. seven of them yeah. at one time. Before I, had, before I inked my deal with, uh, with Lull, 
I had seven of them. And one of them was a, I think it was the first year five string for the Stingrays. So it was 89. Okay. Uh, actually, it was a lot of fun. I loved it live. I love them live. I hate them recorded. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, punchy is everything well, live, but on tape, I'm like, oh, you know, that's just I, me. My, my gripe with it with, with my 78 Stingray was that it just had no mid range. You know, mm -hmm. it was really scooped, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. And I just couldn't hear myself. And that unless, was I, unless I was the loudest guy in the band. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what actually got me onto making all these Stingray pickups because I wanted to make something that's going to have more mid range. Something that's going to just sound a little bit more balanced through the highs, mids, and lows. Well, those early Stingrays only had a two band preamp also. It wasn't three. The three band was later on. So, and it was. Right. correct. And I think it was Leo Fender's thing where it was just cut only or one of the two or some boost like only boost boost only yeah okay. yep. whereas his other gnls were cut only so that was boost only on the stingray yeah yeah that leo mm. I, I i i mean god i i you know we gotta have to you have to give everything to leo because without him yeah. i don't think we'd be sitting here talking we but wouldn't I have the conversation yeah but i think in those later years of his life his hearing might have not been so great his high end was not so attuned as it once was. As we all get older, our, our, our mm -hmm. high frequencies go. And sure. I think that's how that bass got so bright. That's interesting. Huh. Well, even on the L2500s, the treble's pretty, like, it, it can get shrilly, especially on that preamp. You, is that right? High end, it's like, whoa. Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah. but it, it is tameable at least, you know, and, and usable, so. Right. Which is good. And you know what's funny in the L2500, I think it's weird. I don't think it's high highs. I think it's like upper, upper mids. Yeah, probably. And like the lows are like the lower mids, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. think it's true lows or true highs. So it's almost pokier, you know? Yeah. I like those preamps better because usually I never touch the treble on something. But if it's something like upper, upper mids mm -hmm. or low, low treble, I'll do it because then you can kind of, it's more of sculpting the sheen on your uh on your base more than anything else got it interesting i do i do play with treble i do cut it a little bit mm. but that's you know depending i mean i play bright bright basses you know? you know speaking of that then um howard with your pickups are that like if somebody wanted to run an active preamp is there a preamp that you feel um plays well or plays the best with the stuff you offer I'm, I'm, I myself am a passive bass guy. I don't mm. know a lot of preamps. That said, I like, I like Sadowski's preamp. Okay. I like the, I like the Brian Barrett preamp. And, and they're all for different reasons. Like I like the Aguilar preamp, but the Aguilar preamp is really, it's a pretty extreme preamp. You turn it's, any knob on that and it's you get a lot. powerful. Yeah. It's yeah. Little, little, uh, movements have very big consequences. Yes. Brian's preamp is like the gospel preamp if you're into that kind of gospel sound i would i would suggest that mm -hmm. i like um, your pickups with carrie's preamp carrie makes a killer preamp it's i like it you get more of the sound of the pickups than the preamp yeah, yeah. his preamp he's more understated mm -hmm. um it's just i mean i hate to sound vague but it's just one of those things you got to kind of try a few of them right unfortunately it's hard to do that you have to kind of commit to installing it into your base and, right sure you know but 
so I, I try to lead that up to uh, up to the users to whatever to whatever they want to use. I, I mean, I try to help. Honestly, I don't know much about preamps. Um, I wish I did. Well, the nice thing is that your pickups will work with anything. They just have to try it. That's right. That's right. I had good results with your pickups in a Bartolini preamp. Oh yeah. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. But yeah. Oh. But just a little heads up. That uh, that's wired in series. <laughs> what? It's wired in series. No pan pot. Oh. Awesome. Yeah. But that's just me. I'm a little weird that way. That's you cool. Know. So you wire wire both jazz bass pickups to one volume control. That's correct. That is so rock and roll. <laughs> it's freaking rad. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Am I allowed to swear on this thing? I think it's dead. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, Sometimes I can't help it. I can't either. So I do the old, I do the Lee Sklar trick that I, I read about years ago about taking two. No, yeah, that's, that's oh, exactly it. Going to everything. That, no. The Lee Sklar thing. <laughs> no, I read, an, I think it was on Euphonic Audio's website. They had an interview with Lee. They asked about best recording tone. And he said what he does is like on a two pickup instrument, um, he'll favor the, the bridge pickup ever so slightly. Because okay. it's enough that it takes the boominess from, or the, you know, the big low end out of the neck pickup mm -hmm. just enough. And it just takes it and pulls it in just a little bit. Yeah. That was probably back when he was using that old P bass with the two P bass pickups in there. Double P. Right. Mm -hmm. The two Double EMGs. P. I think there were two EMGs in there. That was weird. Yeah. 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 He kind of took the, the Jocko concept and didn't go as far with the bridge pick, maybe, you know. Right. Like, had a little bit more body and more of this. I find myself still doing it, though, even like on like on the Hilton. That's what I do all the time. And it oh, yeah? it, it drives Pete nuts because he'll hear me play. He's like, it sounds good. And then he's like, why is your your neck pickup pulled so, back so much? Turn it up. I'm like, no, that's where the sound is. That's your tone. I you know I do a little trick instead, you know. That's the, the uh, Avanti pickup positioning. So instead of, like say where the jazz bass is, it's, you know, bridge and neck, the neck is pulled back about an inch. Mm. And then with both pickups going, because the, they're wired, you know, to the same volume knob, it kind of removes a little bit of that boominess and adds a little more lower mids. So the actual positioning of the pickup is, Closer to the bridge. Closer to the bridge. Yeah, I could, I could show you. Yeah, show me. It's, it's almost the Ken Smith, um, Ken Smith kind of thing. Where, and and the the L twenty five hundred or the, yeah, we're yeah, M, whatever. Yeah, M twenty five hundred. Where the bridge pickup and the neck pickup are a little further or a little closer to the to the bridge. Look at Tony's rack of bases. Man, I like it. I love it. I finally put all my stuff back. Did you? <laughs> I did because I had everything in my living room for that uh, live feed. For the then I just I shut the curtains. I got a ceiling like, here. Hold on, I got turn. I got a low ceiling. Uh -oh. No basement. Oh, there we go. It's got a reflection of Steve. Oh, there I am. Yeah. 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 I see it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And those are big. Well, it's pulled back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, pulled back just a touch, and to me. It reminds me if uh, I, you know, I described this the other day. So 
I'm sorry, guys, if I'm beating a dead horse here, but oh, bring it on. It's like, I, <laughs> John, wait, 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 wait. You mean every less every band I've ever been in, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like to me, it's like a jazz bass and a Music Man had a baby, okay, and uh, you know, gave it steroids type of thing. You know, mm. uh, it's like if you look at it like this, it's like uh, where a Music Man pickup to see where it would be, uh, like Can a you raise it up a little bit. There we go. There you go. If you took a Music Man pickup and separated it in two, yep, gave it each a huge single coil, that would be it. Yeah, that's cool. That bass sounds great. I love. Are you guys? Uh, do you guys remember that Warwick Thumb bass? Oh yeah. Oh, remember how it had those two yeah. jazz bass pickups kind of close to the yeah. and the one the off center too. There was one offset, right? The neck one was offset, and then yeah, it was closer. Mm -hmm. They had a couple weird ones where yeah, they'd have one like this, yep. or they'd have both of them like this, or even tighter on the low end. I think it was tighter in the low end. Yeah, I think it was pulled back towards the bridge and the and the. Uh, in the lower strings. I still, one of the unicorn basses, I have a couple of them, but an old Warwick thumb bass with a, with a just a nut. nut. Oh, yeah. The just a nut one? The just a nut one, yes. That one was the best. It's Howard, the best. we talked about this a lot. Do you, uh, do you have a unicorn bass? Something weird or odd that you kind of wish you had in your stable? Oh. <laughs> I have to think about that for a minute. Dude, I. We share one, Howard. Cylinder. You already have one. I have one. I know. Yeah, you already have one. I don't. I have one. So I'm very I, I can't believe I, I was I got lucky. Chris Benavetti had it and gave me a great deal on it. I don't know how I don't know how I got it away from him. You have a but, friend visiting John. Oh, I do. I love Russian. Nerva. Russian blues are rad, dude. She's a Russian, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean she's got enough characteristics of it. I Yeah. I just bought my unicorn base. You guys can make fun of me. Oh, you know, wait, what, what is it? What, what's your unicorn base? <laughs> what you didn't see the, uh, uh, you, oh, you guys, this Hold is on. almost embarrassing. The BC Witch Eagle. Oh, yes. There's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. That's, That's right. That's freaking rad, dude. Are you kidding me? I bought a cheap and uh, not like the neck through. Yep, that's that's, yeah. the, that's that's the one I bought. Wow, that's like rad. The cheap imports, and I'm gonna do it up like I like a late '70s one. I'm gonna throw uh, probably Dimaggio Model One P P pickups in there, nice. and awesome. a shallow bridge. You know, get rid of that cheap bridge. Yeah, throw a good bridge on there. Had that impossible preamp with 100 knobs and switches on it. Hmm. That I'm not going to do with all the face switches and all that other stuff. Like, I'm probably going to leave it passive. That's rad. I'm a fan of double P's, man. Me too. Mm -hmm. I like them. Yeah, that, I'm a double P guy. Yeah, that GNL Matador is the is the bomb. It's good. You haven't talked about it in a lot lately, Steve, but you're getting so many other cool GNLs. It's understandable. So dumb, and I still want other bases. Just stupid. <laughs> I talked. <laughs> I ping Howard. I'm like, I seriously, <laughs> it's so dumb. I, what, oh man, we, I'm going to say we all have issues just to make myself feel better. Wait a second. John's the worst offender. <laughs> what? I don't Maybe know. Maybe not compared to Howard. I don't know what Howard has, but uh, oh, we God. know John has more than either Steve or I. Well, that's true, but I even sold a bunch. So, yeah. I mean, I'm down to 19. Nice. 
<laughs> mid-teens. I'm in the mid-teens. I'm up there. I know Howard's up there, too. I'm about 50. Yeah. See? Whoa! I love... Woo. I, just had yeah. a, I just had a bunch, and you'd probably understand this, Howard. Like, you know, and I'm sure for you, you can justify it with, well, the, the what I'm making for this is, you know, a very specific part of the instrument. So having different instruments helps me do my job better. True. A lot but, of my instruments are, are test instruments. Most yeah, of them. same. And, but I ended up, I think when I started selling some stuff down, it's like, I've got four P bases. Why? Because it's awesome. I mean, it, it <laughs> yeah. was. All right. So let me rephrase this. Howard, for your, your gigging, what's in your active gigging stable then? Oh, like, Sadowski. Sadowski Satin Series. Four string. It's nice. Really? Yeah. That's all I, that's my main bass. You have three. I really play. You have three now? I have three. I have a five string and then I have, I have an older one from 1988 that I can't play because as I'm getting older, not only do I not hear as well, but my eyesight is going, I can't see the dots without my glasses. Mm. (laughs) Guys, it's the Remember Bass Player Magazine, the SWR ad. It's that Sadowski. Oh no, kidding! Is that the natural? Was it a natural one? Yes. Yeah. With, the, with SWR. I can't believe on I remember that. Oh, dude, we all know it. You kidding me? Jeez. Yeah, that's. I'd be that. remiss if I didn't say that I still pine for an a, a uh, SWR stack. <laughs> I know. I mean, I would. Ha- it's totally. It's too heavy now. But man, <laughs> if I could show up to a gig with a Henry to eight cab just oh. to blow some air behind some people, <sighs> that would be awesome. It's that was. Good. You know what? I think it's the deep, innate need or want to be Marcus Miller. <laughs> yeah. Me. I mean, how he, he, he's the reason, man, the SWR. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, with 410 SM400. That's mm-hmm. Marcus to me. That's it. That will forever be Marcus. You know, yeah. it's this quarantine thing that made me say, you know what? I'm just going to spend the money and buy this BC Rich. I'm just going to yeah. do it and hot rod it. What, mm-hmm. Who cares? Why not do it, right? Yeah. My old right. first teacher had one, and uh, Dave Buddha, who works at the Boston Symphony now, and he had one when I was really young as a teenager, <laughs> and I'm like, screw it. I want it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know? Good for you. The Good other thing is I lost on the buying of one. I didn't know about it until afterwards. Um, there was this donation to one, you know, because he's going oh, yep. on. So. And uh, Jeff Martin, his old singer, singer from Racer Rex, had one that he sold recently, took the money to give it to Juan Aldrete. Um And I'm like, crap, I would have bought that in a heartbeat. So it just kind of fueled the fire. I'm like, I, I want sure. one. Yeah. Yeah. How, is there any update on one? Anybody know anything? Doing better. Good. He's, doing He's doing a lot better. He's doing a lot better. At what exact stage? That was from a week ago, so I don't know where he's at right now. Hmm. Okay. I know he's complaining that we want you want sushi. <laughs> that's know? a good sign. That's good a great sign. sign. Yeah. 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 If you're no, ornery yeah. and cranky, that's great. That means you're you're headed in that right direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. And on your uh, Sadowski thing, it is kind of one of those things since Roger isn't going to be building anymore that they're probably going to be more sought after those older ones or ones that were his era, uh, you know, pre-Warwick era. Pre-Warwick Sadowski's, I guess. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with, uh, with Sadowski and, and Warwick and, and 
you know, speaking of that too, is the same thing with Ken Smith and Brubaker. Yeah. Yep. Ken Smith. What happened? Kevin. Brubaker. Oh, um, Brubaker's handling all the the heavy lifting for everything. It, it, as I understand it, when it was announced in the fall, Ken still picks the woods, um, like he always did. But then um, Brubaker puts everything together, and then Ken does the final assemble or like once over and I think puts the serial number on it. Wow. If I understand okay. this. Kevin's so, a badass builder, oh. man. He's a badass builder, Kevin. Is he? Kevin's he's, good. He's very good. I like Kevin. He's one of the guys that I have heard the name, but I have yet to ever find an instrument in the wild that I could touch. Oh wait, you never met him? Mm -mm. At Nam or anything like that? No. Actually Kevin's I should have cool. because he had the booth with Ken Smith, which was next to Devin at Nam this year, and I stopped by Devin's booth a couple of times. Kevin's a good guy, um, and that's probably why I didn't go in the booth if I saw Smith in there. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Howard, Tony, yeah, to, uh, Tony and Ken Smith. No, yeah, yeah. It happens. It's one of those well, things. If it makes you feel better, Tony, Ken doesn't go to the shows anymore. Oh, there you go. Last I checked, I think his son John was at the booth. And John's a cool guy. I've met him once or twice. Uh, maybe he's cool. Uh, his dad's not. <laughs> there you go. There That's you go. all I got to say. There you go. But I, uh, yeah, so I, I do, back to the, the, the low end, Brian's shop, I literally am on the used site at least four or five times a day and I'm pinging. Oh Howard. yeah. Like, Hey Absolutely. Howard, how's this base? How's this base? Hey, can you check this base out? So mm -hmm. I think oh, Brian's got one of the coolest base shops around. Oh, Brian's. Yeah. And he is one of the most knowledgeable in terms of just instruments, like the, mm -hmm. the world of instruments, you know, he knows his shit so well, man. He really does. Yeah. Smart dude. He really does. And builds a I badass did. instrument. Yeah. Yeah. And, Chris, so. Nice guy, straight up guy. Yeah, good straight up guy. Yeah. Also, Howard, I just did that review on the Devon with your humbucker Tic Tacs. Oh, the red one. Yeah, the red one. Awesome, but I think I'm gonna have to get a, a set of uh, humbucker Tic Tacs from you for a base of mine. Okay. By the way, call me. Call me. You call know where to <laughs> Would it kill you to pick up a phone and push a couple buttons? Uh, hey, look. Not in this day and age. We Wait. we do Zoom or texting. Giving you the, texting. Giving you the Is this Zoom. Okay, oh. look. The thing that bugs me. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna <laughs> this when Leland's got. He doesn't even flip off right. It's, it's this. That's the correct way to flip someone off. This is how I do it. That's how you do it. This is how I do it. Tony, how do you I, flip someone off? I tend not to. John, Tony. I mean, if I have to. If you have to. Okay, so you're you're in the middle. Of that, yeah, and, that. and it's See, funny because yeah, I'm the next Boston, finger down just so, slightly. So okay, I like it. It's nope. different yeah. me. It's different. Why is it different I, in Boston? Yeah, what do they do in Boston? And tonight? I apologize about saying New Jersey earlier. I was busting balls. <laughs> if I do it, I have to be upset. Like <laughs> for him, it's like a pleasurable thing. We are entirely grave nasty people in the northeast in general right <laughs> you really are all right so i mean i'm 
born and raised here, even though, Steve, we have lots of similarities about the older culture and all yeah. that stuff, and, like, the gigging culture, and we're on the same age and all that, that we, but, like, we're people off. We're doing it because we're fucking pissed. So, so okay, right? okay. So, when you're pissed and ready to shoot someone or shank someone, how do you do it? Let me see. I want to see. We all want to see how you flip someone off. What's your, what I is your finger... How are they, how do you position your fingers? It's normally a quick thing, so I don't know how it would be. So let's see. Let's see. I'm not, I can't get mad. I can't get mad. I'm laughing half the time right, right here. Right. I'm talking about bases. I'm drinking Klingon coffee. I'm sitting with my boys. You know, I got a, a great pickup manufacturer right exactly. here. I can't yeah. get mad. I, I don't, don't do that. I don't thing. think he wants yeah, to give up the secret handshake. Dude, it's a secret that's, handshake. That's, oh. that's probably it. That's what that's it is. What it is. <laughs> You have to kill you guys us. Have driven with me a lot when I'm in the West Coast, and you guys don't use your horn in the West Cup. West no. Coast. Oh, that's a yeah, dude. You get right. I Tony, use my horn. Tony uses his horn. All Tony, every time I get in the car, I'm like, that's, what? Like you're honking at everybody. You're gonna get shot. Like someone's gonna <laughs> shoot you out here. You don't honk at everybody. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you're gonna get somebody doing this to you and really mean I it. would love it and enjoy it especially now when no one's on the road you know right. yeah. you know what's funny tony is my dad uses his horn but he does it to screw with people and to piss off my uh my my stepmom because he'll be driving and if there's somebody down the road he'll honk and then he'll go like this oh my god oh and then you see that person as they're walking going yeah and all then the my, my stepmom just all looks over time. and says oh david for me, that's all the time. You guys saw me out in the West. Oh, Park, yeah. Even at people waving. They're like, we were joining oh, in. It was like the whole car. Yeah, that was pretty funny. So <laughs> right on. Well, maybe we'll have to talk about that. SWR Sadowski, Howard. I'll have to get it out next time. I'll get it out. I'll yeah. Because that's kind of a unicorn for me is I, you know, it'd be kind of nice to have an older Sadowski. Can I talk a little bit of a trick so you can gig that again? Um, what I do. So I'll put the... Uh, Glow-in-the-dark nail polish. Oh yeah. Side. Oh yeah. Out of the neck. Yeah. Little dot. And then you can almost, and you can actually feel it too if you're running your hand, like you can feel it, so you know. Dude. It's not, and you can get it off after the after the fact, right? I just do a little, a little dab. Okay. Boop. I'll do it, or the guy who does a lot of my repair work, he'll do it too. How about okay. Luminlay? Just put some Luminlay dots in it. Or no, I don't want to. I don't want to drill into it. I don't want to modify it that yeah. way. Anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I do like that. And it, you can feel it. You can see it. It's, nice. it's actually a really cool idea, Tony. That's cool. I never thought of that. Like do you have to like charge it up with a black light or anything like that? Or I don't. I mean, I'm enough in the lights and there's lights here all the time. But, you know, I just, it hits it. You know, the sunlight hits it. Light here hits it. So and then I go, yeah. yeah I have a little. Then, I have a little. And it, it's just enough. But the glow in the dark, just the glow in the dark, yeah. you know, like. Hmm. Boom, you can order online at Halloween. I can go to the CVS. I'll get a few bottles. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to try that. It's a good town of base, Howard. Is it good? Great. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's the kind of the sound I had been chasing as a youngster, you know, wow. you know, in the early 90s, you know, watching Dave Letterman and hearing mm -hmm. Will Lee play. Oh, yeah. And then, yep. You know, the, the sound Marcus Miller got when he was with oh. Miles Davis. And then remember that TV show that was on Sunday night with George Holland? Dude, Sunday called Sunday Nights. Yeah. Sunday Nights. Sometimes it was Tom Barney playing bass, and then sometimes it was Marcus Miller, Omar Hakim on drums. 
yeah. always just like yeah what that guy doing yeah How's Sunday that- night, yeah and and then it, and then they changed the name to night music we would record it and watch it and vhs trade the tapes like chili peppers were on it miles was on it stevie ray vaughn was on it um yeah what a John awesome Ford. Time period yeah. Man, Hiram, awesome time. Yeah, Hiram Bullock was guitar. Um, Philip Sice, Philip Sace, Philip Sice on key. Yep. Um, that was just remarkable. Bootsy Collins. A lot of those guys were the original Letterman band too. Oh, Hiram yeah. was the original guitar player. Well, remember right. Marcus? Marcus was part of the uh, Saturday Night Live band for a little bit. It was Marcus, and it was that band. Like I think Hiram were, Bullock. Uh, wasn't it? Um, Hot Tub. That was Hiram Bullock. Uh, yeah, uh, in that hot tub, the Eddie Murphy hot tub. Eddie Murphy. That was uh, those guys. Anyways. Yeah. Oh, wow. And the fill-in guy for Will Lee all the time was, um, you know, a guy that I look up to is Neil Jason. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and he was wow. played with um, Steely Dan a lot. He was with Steely Dan. He was oh. one of the with Steely Dan. Is, wow. Who's the bass player on Saturday Night Live now? Is it Tom Barney? No. No. Federico. I can't remember his name, but he uses my pickups. He's great. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So Howard, what um uh any any plans on uh, new pickups? Anything new coming out, or just kind of have you been experimenting with things? Mm, not really. I haven't had any new 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 ideas. Okay. As as of late, cool. I haven't had really. I've been just kind of cruising with what I what I know. I'm waiting for the next next idea to come to me because they that's how it usually works. Cool. Somehow in the middle of the night, like, oh, why don't I make a music man pick up with two different coils? Or, yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of waiting for the next next idea to come along. I haven't quite figured out what that's going to be yet. I well, I've been experimenting with uh, music man quad coils, oh, and things like that. And I've been getting some good results with that. I'm, I haven't really, you know, shown them to the world too much, but. That's kind of one of the things. As far as guitar pickups go, yeah, he built these um, tally pickups. I do these tally pickups, and it's the same kind of idea Whoa. as a. Uh, oh, that's cool. As as a jazz bass coil, mm-hmm. and it's rad. Wow, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to explain. I don't play guitar, so I have to kind of rely on my peers for. Uh, feedback but so far everyone that's played these has really liked these wow it's you know it's got a good nice round punchy sound but it's also got a good amount of twang to them hmm. so this has been an exciting thing for me i wish i was a better guitar player so i could really dig into these more but i like that's the, been something. i like the aesthetics it's like yeah, it, looks, it looks rad the neck yeah. pickup looks hot yeah, right i like those big fat pole pieces on that it yeah. reminds me of like that sh- older Schecter monster tone thing that they did yep. you know, back in the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's been that's been kind of my newest newest idea that I've been kind of pursuing. Let's see if there's anything else here. Tony, on the on the vintage, and you were asking about vintage Howard for me, and I think for a couple of people, he's actually like just through the years, he's rewound probably two or three '60s pickups for me from bases. Just an FYI. So I know that Howard was just telling him that you've rewound like I think two or three old jazz bass pickups. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, like, I can do rewinds for you. I've, I I yeah. do that for people. Yeah. I just rewound a '58 P bass pickup for a guy back home. Well, it probably and that gives you insight onto 
you know, as to what they were made like back in the day. So that again, yeah. that acquired knowledge, you know, which, yeah. But the Tic Tac humbucker, that was that. I I think I'm gonna have to get a set of those. Call me, call me. All right. Hey, so here's an, uh, another question for Howard. What about um, other materials like, say, ceramic or neodymium? Have you thought about going in that area at all, or does it interest you? Is it not part of what you're doing, or? I I early on I was making pickups with neomagnets, neomagnet pickups. I had I had some here. I loved them when I played them at home, and I would take them to the gig, and I could never ever get them to sound the way I wanted them to sound. Um, they just didn't work for me. Uh, you know, there was not enough, not enough mid-range in them. There wasn't enough. I, I, they didn't cut through the mix in the way that I liked. Hello. <laughs> you know, um, awesome. so, and it was, it was a real quick experiment. Like I got these pickups to the gig and that gig ended and I'm like, Oh man, I'm never doing this shit again. <laughs> um, maybe I could have put more time into them, but you know, being the guy that grew up on a sixties jazz bass, listening to Will Lee and Marcus Miller and Jocko and guys like Jeff Berlin. Um, that's what I want. That's what I want to sound like. And why would I want to get that sound with something else when, when the materials are there right in front of me? You know, I think Steve had a similar experience with Neodymium. and he didn't, he didn't like them, you know? Yeah. Kind of, kinda, I don't know. Just not. They sound awesome at home. Yeah. Awesome. When you're at home playing by yourself. Woo. Yeah look out but man at the gig it's just something's missing at least with my pickups you know i know there are guys out there that that are having better results than i am mm -hmm. with them and maybe i should have put more time into it but yeah there's only so many hours in the day i think what you're doing is fantastic dude just yeah yeah with what you're doing yeah i mean there's absolutely nothing wrong with offering all this stuff and saying you know what i do this really really well yeah and i like what i'm doing here that's the idea. Mm -hmm. I'm not a, I'm not a jack of all trades. I, I, I do some specific things <clears throat> and I'm only trying to do specific things, you know, I, right. I just take, um, cool. Nice. Right on kids. Any other, uh, questions, questions, statements, <laughs> Steve, what's going to be, what's your next base? Oh shit. I'm having a fretless M 2000 made by GNL. So, Awesome. That should be finished. And, uh, and I'm always looking, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm looking for something else. I'd like a cylinder one day. We'll see. Nice. Yeah. But anyways, how about anybody else? Any other? Uh, John? John? Oh, you know what's coming up for me, Steve. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see if I can pull it out. You got pictures? <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I have, I have a custom base being built right now from a guy named Matt Kiefer out of Ann Arbor. Well, Ypsilanti. Mm -hmm. um, better mousetrap, right? Better mousetrap uh, guitars. That's Ooh. what we're working on right now. Yeah. Damn. Lovely. Got now, it. the interesting thing, what we're going to do on it, uh, we're putting a Nordstrand Big Man pickup, you know, I think in standard Music Man spot. All it's going to have on the top is just a switch for series and parallel. Oh, beautiful. That's it. No volume. What? No volume control? No volume. We, we've been talking about possibly, I think he's going to hide a volume in the control cavity because he still made the cavity um, as such. If it's one of those later on, we're like, 
maybe let's put a preamp or something else in it. But then we also talked about those, um, you know, the internal trim pots that they'll put in effects pedals, the little, you know, they're like a little square thing that has a screwdriver thing. We also thought about possibly drilling a hole or two in the back of the um, control cover. Have a little screw. And mounting just... those so then it's all accessed through a screwdriver yeah. on the back. Cool. But, for, yeah, keeping it stupidly simple on there. So. Nice. When's mm -hmm. it going to be done? That's a good question. I don't know. At last I saw he had the neck together. I'm not sure if he had a chance to put the wings on it or not yet. Cool. Nice. So. How about Tony? What do you got incoming? I've got two in the works. Okay. Well, I'm, don't laugh. I'm, Steve, you're always laughing at me. I like it. Like, um, <laughs> so, you know, I've got a new TP. I mean, I have a signature model with Mike Lowe, uh, but those guys are on hiatus right now. And so my TP5 is coming with them. It'll have an ash body and a roasted neck um, that will have the Nordstrand big blades in it. And uh, so, you know, who knows the next done. And I don't know if Pat has the body or not. I think Pat's doing the finish on it. That's going nice. to be amber or technically transparent orange, but it looks like amber to me. And we'll see if the big blades work. If not, I'll rip them out and put in big singles and wiring series. But this, these are going to be big blades in parallel. And of course, I'm going to have that little project at that DC Rich, you know? DC Rich. <laughs> Woo! That's nice. That'll, pro that'll probably get. Uh, I want to kind of keep the period. I want to keep it. I'm distinctively going to throw those old school cream Dimaggio models. Oh, yeah. 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 That looks really yeah. Cool. Nice. But I'm going to leave it passive, you know? Howard, you got anything upcoming, incoming? Not as of yet. No, I'm kind of in a lull right now. <laughs> if you can believe it. No. Well, you have 50 instruments. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of <clears throat> weird. <laughs> we got to give a big shout out to Charlie Sabatino. And he um, he's becoming one of us. He actually had a gear question for me about necks. So he uh, he uh, he's the smart one in the group, Howard, where he doesn't really do gear, but he's it, we're rubbing off on him. So yeah. shout out to Charlie. What? He's What's got, he have? Two Lakelands and that's yeah, it? That's, oh, yeah. You know what, Steve? You and I had a different, I think, gave him different answers, uh, so to speak. Oh, yeah. I can't really speak on that. And maybe Howard would know more about this as well. Howard, do you know much about roasted necks at all? I just know that I know the process is they take a piece of wood, and, and in this case, we'll say maple, and they put it in a heater, and they, they, they like heat the neck to a certain temperature, in a vacuum, so there's no oxygen okay. in, in, in this chamber, and they heat the neck up, and it's supposed to completely dry out the neck and, and crystallize the voids that were inside of the neck or, or something to that degree. It's supposed to make it harder, more brittle, and change the tone to make it a little brighter sounding, as I understand so it. it is brighter. Okay, so all right, that's, that agrees with Steve. I had one, was a music man, and I really couldn't tell the difference, but also okay. that neck uh, was supposed to be stable. And I, I don't want to throw a dig at Music Man, but it wasn't stable actually at all. Yeah. It, it was really happened. Happened. less stable. Spongy? Yeah, and you know, they used curly maple, which I know is not as stable as maple, but the roasted was supposed to 
negate that process and make it stable. You know, maybe I had one made on Friday. Who knows? Right. Uh, stable. Yeah. And I got rid of it. But so you did hear it was brighter. I've read some things online that said that they're actually it's opposite. It's warmer. But you I know. completely disagree. I've had four. Completely. Yeah. So that right. makes sense. So, Charlie, when you hear this, I'm sorry. I, you know, yep. oh, my knowledge, I'm, I'm not. And I've had I'm two. Opposite. So between Steve and I. Yeah. I've had none, if it's any consolation. So, so John, you thought it was bright there, brighter as well? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's, it's not a night and day thing, but it's definitely there. I think where it starts coming night and day is when the body is roasted and the neck. Oh, yeah. Then that shit loses. It's just this. And there's no, kind of like the pickups that you were talking about, Howard, sounded great at home. Then you get to a gig and it's just like, where, like, where am I? I can't hear myself. It just loses that, yeah. that fundamental did you find, Steve, too, it, it, just from the ones I have, mm -hmm. and I don't know if it's a finishing thing, maybe from some of the process, you can finish it better, but it seemed that the feel of those roasted necks was so much more satiny than any other instrument I've had. Maybe, I, yeah, I don't know. It might be just the finish, because at GNL, we actually get the blocks and we cut them. Okay. Some other places actually get the necks already cut and finished. Okay, so it's one of those things of you get the, you get the actual material, yeah. the block, whereas some people can make that, send it out, then get it yeah. back. Yeah. Okay. Or they get it cut out and then they, you know, big, large company will do it and send out the, the necks and stuff already done. So, yeah, and I know that we at GNL had to, there, there's different temperatures and different amounts of roasting i guess you know yep if you look at it like meat like you do the process there at gnl steve What's that? you do that process at gnl no we we get the blocks of wood that are roasted so we oh, get okay. the blocks and then we cut out we you know whatever it is then then we cut the stuff out cnc and then hand shape everything so yeah so we had to we found a temp or a you know a doneness that worked well that wasn't too brittle and wasn't too you know Right. Because it does get brittle. The more that you cook it, the more you cook it, it's going to get brittle and harder to work with. That's I'm your... having mine gloss. This is, this is, oh, it's not going to show up so oh, well. Damn it. it. Oh, there you go. There you go. There oh, you go. Oh, there you go. And it's gloss finish. Oh, beautiful. Okay. It's not, it's not, for some reason, well, I don't know what's going on with my camera. Yeah. You know, it's out of focus. But uh, it's definitely, it's gloss. I glossed mine. I will say, aesthetically, it looks gorgeous. I mean, the roasting process. Yeah. Oh, yeah brings out flaming brings out quilt I mean, it's just gorgeous but i just i just couldn't sit well with it man you know and like you know like john mm -hmm. too, it's just kind of i don't know it's just one of those things but the the sb2 that i have that has the roasted neck with the mfd pickups sounds fantastic but that's a lot of the pickups i think right pickups sure have a lot to do with that growl that makes up for it and it's good so yeah Anyways, there we go, man. All right, kids. Well, um, what else, man? We got anything else, or should we wrap this thing up? It was a good What's combo. for dinner? Yeah, I, I'm gonna do a little barbecue. I think. How about you, kids? <sighs> I, uh, I, I ate over, over tacos a little while ago, so I'm gonna send some amore tacos to you guys and flan. <laughs> I would love that, <laughs> Howard. What do you? That. Howard, what are you guys, what are you and the little lady eating? Yeah, Howard, you're a foodie as well. I see your stuff. Yeah. You're always, always into the food. What do you we mean? got this place that serves like 
a mixture of Asian cuisine. It's like sushi, Thai food. And then they do this thing called Korean fried chicken. And it's, it's like, you know, like buffalo wings, but Korean fried. Oh. And I don't know what they do, but oh my goodness gracious, it is just one of the best things I've ever had. Should, should you guys ever come to my area, I'm taking you off for Korean fried chicken. Oh, mm. there's a place in Grand Rapids that does that too. Okay. It, it's a, um, it's a microbrew okay. brewery that does it. So yeah. The, I have to extend the invite as well. Like our big cuisine out here is, you know, we have the, the best little Italy in oh. the you know, mm-hmm. so the Boston's North End. It's in, nice. infamous. There's like a hundred Italian restaurants in like a two square mile radius. You know, uh, and it's just and they're very competitive. So the food is just like top notch for if you want Italian, right? I love Italian food. I have an Italian wife. She cooks for me every now and then. It's something else. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So hey, Howard, where can um, on the socials and stuff? Where can people find you? Website? Uh, what's the best place? And I'll I'll. Tag Best it. place to find me is on Facebook, and my Facebook is me, Howard Olyate, cool. U-L-Y-A-T-E. Nice. Um, really, that's the best place. And you have and a and you have a website too, olyateinstruments.com. I yes, it's been a while since been it's it hasn't been updated in quite some time. As a matter of fact, I think you are my you're my web guy. I am. It, it, are you my web guy? I am. I, yeah, but your your contact info is on there. So yes. Okay, the website. Yeah, it's olyateinstruments.com. Cool. It's my website, and uh, that's that's pretty much. But really, the best way to get me is on Facebook Messenger. If you're interested in consulting on, on a set of pickups, um, I can. I'm al- almost always on there as I'm working, checking it. Um, and I'm always available to talk pickups. I just actually, uh, Jay, I, I had gave somebody your info. By the way, just FYI, this guy okay. named Jay. Anyways, yeah. So, Yay. but dude. This means a lot. Thank you. And man, you guys are. You, thank you, you Howard. Thank, thank you very much. Yeah, it was awesome. Just chat, chat, geeking out with us. I you know? love it, love man. It. So good, man. And just be safe out there. And all you guys, let's all sign off. So let's, uh, John. Uh, you can go to either um, justmoody.com or all the socials is at monjudy. Cool. Tony Pulio here. You can uh, Tony Pulio one on Instagram, which I'm a little behind on. I apologize, but the basis Tony Pulio on, on Facebook and uh, just my name, Tony, Pulio, you'll find me on there. Yeah. Excellent. Ibrajo, the base hang, but this is going to go out big bottom crew talking to Howard Elgate from Elgate instruments. Don't you guys hang up. I'm ending the video for the public, but hang on guys. So, so this is soft goodbye. This is a soft goodbye. A soft goodbye. Yep. Now the real, real conversation starts where I, you know, when we. It sounds so dirty. Yeah. So we're going to learn that middle finger thing from Tony. Dude, exactly. All right, guys. Hang on. <laughs> I freaking love you guys. Stay safe out there. Thank you again. Really means a lot. Um, so hang on one second. Goodbye, public. Bye. Goodbye.